Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show, a program dedicated to bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you won't hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he is commanded in Ephesians 5.11. Now here's your host, Good Fight Ministries' own Chad Davidson. Welcome back to the Good Fight Radio Show. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And with me, as always, is the show's producer, Tony Palacio. How are you doing today, bro? Praising God, walking in the light of his love. Amen. <laughs> Praise the break Lord. out in the song again. Uh, yeah, not not too much. Uh, not too much singing for the audience here. That's, <laughs> that's for my wife and kids mostly. Uh, maybe a Bible study group here and there. But nonetheless, I just wanted to give a big shout out to all of those who follow us on, on Good Fight as well as those who share the Good Fight radio show all the time. I see you guys sharing these episodes. It is such a blessing to see that you guys are being impacted by them. You guys are growing uh, through them. And, you know, even those who disagree with us that are sending us messages, hey, I, I love you guys, but I disagree with this. Hey, we like that too, especially because it gives us good fodder to talk about, right? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> no, yeah. no. I mean, in all honesty, we're all in the pursuit of truth. And, you know, we... Uh, are not perfect. You know, there's things that obviously we can differ in and still be brothers and sisters in Christ. There's Amen, other things yeah. we could differ in and I wouldn't consider you a brother or sister in Christ. But uh, but in all seriousness, it, it is a blessing. You know, we have our, our Patreons as well. You guys are an absolute blessing to us in a radical way. I, as we've said over and over, we've added Josh, we've added a full-time editor who um, and you can ask Tony, we, mm-hmm. we're working on two videos at once, which is something we're not usually able to do at all. But even though Joe's working on Marvel, I'm able to work on the Islam uh, video that we're doing. And we're talking about a third, but we can't talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we can't talk about that. <laughs> Plus, we try not to bring up any, anything extra with Joe. Because uh, then <laughs> he'll we'll, run with it. Yeah, He will run with it. And so we, uh, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. No, no he, he's somebody who pours his heart out into every project. And it's one of those things. Um, you know, when we go through the editing, uh, so forth, you know, he talks about, it's like taking your children, (laughs) you know, out. It's like, no, 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 I needed that quote, you know? And I know that's, that's personal, uh, for me too, when we do our shows and we do the, uh, different, uh, live shows that we do, you write stuff down and you're like, no, but this is a good quote. You're like, yeah, it's, it's just, it's not needed, you know? And you're like, don't you dare, you know? But, but in, in all seriousness, it's because we care about the truth. We want to make sure it's as best as possible and for you guys to be able to get it. Not only so that you, if you don't know Christ, that you would come to know Christ, but also that you would be edified by taking things and removing those things out of your life that are not beneficial to your walk with Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we consider that this ministry to be one of edification. Uh, we also consider it one of repentance, that we call people to repentance, that they would turn from their wicked ways and be saved. And it's an evangelical group in the sense that we want to share the gospel with people, and I know that we're excited about the, all of these projects, and you guys who have supported the ministry, a lot of you guys that are on here have been supporting the ministry for years, and some yeah. of you guys are brand new, and it is just a blessing, and I, I wanted to say that before we get into, oh. And they probably noticed that Joe's not here. I, oh, yeah, I guess they did notice that Joe's not here, <laughs> yeah, because I did not introduce him. Right. Joe is not here today, but uh, he's actually still doing pretty well. He was just a little under the weather, not in terms of anything with the heart or anything. Uh, he was just a little under the weather, so he's he's taking it It's a careful. stomach thing, I think. Yeah, but yeah. he's still, you know, hopefully getting a couple episodes with you guys this week. Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to talk about what we're going to be talking about because it's an important topic. And, you know, we recently did a podcast, and I'll have Tony put the link, concerning sincerity and truth. And I think that's going to come up on this issue. And I got to be honest, there are some people, and, I, and I'll just, like I said, I like to be honest with you guys on here and be a little candid. Sometimes I have a really tough time with people and that I, I remember... I, I believe the Lord impressed on my heart when you have a really tough time with somebody, you pray for them and you pray that they would repent. You pray for their soul. And that's something that in the video we're going to go through today, this person, I've had a number of times where I had a tough time with them because of their vulgar uh, nature, uh, the the things that they say, the wicked things that they say. And that is the person I'm talking about here. And I hope you guys will pray for her as well hopefully she comes to repentance, is the comedian Sarah Silverman. And I've noticed this, guys, and I don't know if you have as well. When it comes to comedy, there are plenty of people that are, um, you know, men and women uh, of comedy that are very profane. You know, I think that's most of comedy these days. Um, There's not much thought process into it. I mean, typically it's just act like a child and uh, talk, make weird noises and coarse jesting, and that's comedy. And I think that that's even more so to the other side on the female comedy line. It seems as though that most of the women that are female comedians are just as profane as possible in order for the point of profanity. And I do believe a lot of this has to do with it being a distortion of what God wants for women, uh, for them to be chaste in their behavior and so forth, and also for men as well, those who are those comedians that brag about, you know, different sexual exploits and uh, talk about different gross things, you know, and and I'm saying this from somebody who used to be enamored with the comedians. I Before I was saved, I would listen to everything that George Carlin did. And I remember the first time I saw Eddie Murphy raw and delirious and all these different comedians. I thought they were so funny. And they, I mean, I, you know, I, I would literally watch them for hours with my friends. And so this is something I've noticed. And I remember even before I was saved, Sarah Silverman was someone that Man, she really annoyed me in all honesty, <laughs> even before I knew Christ. And I just was never into, uh, I was just never into her comedy. And I thought she, her, her voice kind of bothered me. And um, enough of me being candid on this. I, I think I'll just get back uh, to the clips because she recently put this up as a clip. Now, you guys know we have a podcast show and we'll be putting up little, we put up little clips here and there or clips of the Good Fight, uh, uh, different Good Fight DVDs that we have. And we'll play little clips in order to say, hey, this is what we talk about. This is what our podcast shows like. This is what our videos like. So that you would say, oh, let me go and watch the rest of it. And so the clip that we're posting is the advertisement for her podcast show. And so that's what we're going to be playing. And we're going to go through it because she says some... And we're not advertising her podcast show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you for saying that. I guess I was hoping that, you know, the first 10 minutes of talking about how I have a tough time with her would be, right. you know, but yes, please, we are not advertising your podcast show. I, I'm sure it. if this is the advertisement, I don't even want to know what the rest is right. like, right? Yeah. So uh, this is going to be Sarah Silverman talking about hell. Let's play the clip. If you're in the range of my voice right now, and you're someone who believes and fears hell, 
Let me release you of that fear right now. There is no hell. I promise you. I promise you. I mean, what do I know? But I believe it with my whole heart. I mean, now I, I want to point out a couple things here. Okay, when it comes to her argumentation against yeah. hell, right? Let me release you of that fear. So now she's becoming an authority to tell you there's no hell. And to get it across, she says, I promise you there's no hell. And what is her her backing? What is her point of reference? What is her reasoning? Why does she believe there's no hell? What is her answer? Because she believes it with all of her heart. Guys, as I mentioned, we talked about a, a, a episode we did last week concerning sincerity and truth. You see, you could have printed out directions somewhere, and I and I and I mentioned this before because I did I did this, and a parent did this on their way to a tournament. You see, because in Southern California, there's Valencia High School and Valencia High School. One of those high schools is in Valencia. The other high school is in Placentia, which is about an hour or so away. So when that parent trying to get, believing that they were trying to be on time and get their kid to the proper tournament, typed out Valencia High School, but didn't look at the link that I provided, they ended up in Valencia and not Placentia. And their son, with all sincerity, missed the wrestling tournament. So just from that standpoint, you have to understand and recognize that believing something does not make it true, even if it's with your whole heart. So already, she is acting as an authority, saying, what do I know? Absolutely nothing on this uh, in this front. And then saying, because, because when she says, what do I know? She then says, even though, basically, even though I don't know anything about this subject, nor have I actually looked into it, I believe it with my whole heart, so therefore, I'm able to tell you the truth about this matter. Because if she's not telling you the truth, that's a big problem. And we're going to get to get into that when we get into other portions of this clip, so to speak. So let's play the next clip. I, mean, I, I was in New York before COVID. I was in New York, and um, some kids were leaving. A Catholic school had just let out, and they were leaving with their, you know— the kids were walking out of the school, and I couldn't help myself. I go, there's no hell. And one boy looked back. He goes, what? I go, I'm, I'm, I'm an adult, and I'm telling you, I promise you, there is no hell. Now, a couple of things here. One. Now she's promising. <laughs> now she's, she's given that promise, right? And I, as I said, we'll get even further down this line. But one of the things I want you to recognize is she's talking to little children coming out of a Catholic school. I am not endorsing, endorsing Catholic schools right here, but she's coming after children that she sees to tell them there's no hell, right? And then before she said, uh, I believe in my whole heart, right? When she's talking to you on her podcast show to say, I believe my whole heart, therefore there's no hell. She's now saying to little children... Here is why I'm an authority, because I am an adult. You're just a dumb kid. But just just for the sake of logic here, Tony, 
They walked out of a Catholic school. I do not endorse the Catholic Church whatsoever. Please go to our uh, episodes concerning transubstantiation and so forth and hand, handing the key, keys of the kingdom. But, but nonetheless, I don't endorse it. But I wonder who was teaching them at the Catholic school about hell. Do you think it was children? Right. Or were they adults? And more so, even though I disagree with a lot of their conclusions in the Catholic Church— and don't consider, I think if somebody's in the Catholic Church, they're saved in spite of the Catholic Church and not because of it. Um, I still would say that they probably studied the subject of hell before they came to that conclusion. Unlike the person who is promising you with all the belief in their heart, who says, admittedly, what do I know? Which means I have no knowledge. I am ignorant, but I'm going to espouse my rhetoric for you. This is, uh, and, and, and I think some people, if you watch David Wood's uh, YouTube channel, uh, and, uh, or if you, Dr. Sheikh Yasser Khadi um, as well, uh, he's a Muslim, so I don't encourage you to watch his channel, but he continued to use this term, ultra-crepidarian. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember this, Tony? <laughs> yeah, made a whole mashup on that a music video thing. <laughs> and without me just quoting Webster's Dictionary or anything, an ultra-crepidarian is basically someone speaking to something that and acting as though they're an authority when they really have no idea what they're talking about. Okay? Right. So if there's anyone who is an ultra-crepidarian, <laughs> we are dealing with one right now. And what's worse off is she admits it in the very beginning of the video and then says to appeal for her standard to be her heart. I mean, it's incredible. What do I know but my heart tells me? You know what the Bible says specifically about the unbeliever? That the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? She doesn't even know her own heart. We know who she's being led by, for sure. I mean, this is very reminiscent of the garden, right? You yeah. shall not surely die. She's promising there's no hell. No, Will that's you really, really die? Point, yeah. I mean, that's very similar. So we know what spirit she's being led of there. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. I think that's, you see the identifiable properties, you know, if it, mm -hmm. if, it uh, if it quacks like a duck, walks like a duck, and swims like a duck, it's not a sheep, you know? Uh, it's and, Sarah Silverman. <laughs> it's Sarah Silverman. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and it, it's... It's sad because you have been told by the culture, follow your heart. And sadly, she has been given this platform because of her vulgar nature, uh, because of her profanities and blasphemies that, yes, she's a very blasphemous person. Um, and it's, it's really interesting when you think about all these things that this person now has a place where millions of people, I don't even know how many viewed that, that video, and that was just the advertisement. 347,000. 347,000 people. Not to mention the little children, right? Uh, what does it say about stumbling little mm. children? Oh, the millstone, yep. Yeah, better to have a millstone wrapped around your neck and thrown into the middle of the ocean. And, and it's guys, this is so indicative of our culture. We don't, they don't care about truth. She's trying to express a truth, right? She's trying to say it's true that hell doesn't exist. But herself and her worldview doesn't even a lot for that. It really doesn't because she has no standard of truth. She does, she, you'll see later in this, she does not believe in a God at all. 
So she has no standard to go back to, especially when it comes to this issue. And just following your heart, you are just like this. You're just a mixed mash mush of nonsense. <laughs> and that's what's being espoused here. This is none of this is true. Mish mash mush. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 that's that's what it is. You're gonna be quoted on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure <laughs> I will. Uh, but but I I think it's really interesting. And then we've only gone to the first two clips. Am I mm -hmm. right? Yep. I think it's really interesting here that her two main standings in terms of, and she does I I, I believe three in terms of why she knows there's no hell. So far, one and two are one, I don't really know, but my heart tells me, and the other one is I'm an adult. Granted, millions of adults would disagree with her. In fact, I would say millions and millions of adults who've actually looked at the subject disagree with her. So this is really, really important for us to understand. Let's go to the next clip. And the friend I was with said, you can't tell other people's kids there isn't hell. I was like, I guess, but like, I don't know. What am I ruining hell for them? You know, it's really interesting. Could you imagine you go to a doctor, right? You go to a doctor and anytime the doctor wants to come give the diagnosis, yes, I'm sorry, you do have cancer. Someone says, are you ruining cancer for these people by telling them there's no such thing as cancer? Here's the problem when you actually don't have a standard for truth, which she does not. The problem is, is that ruining things for people and their emotions are more important simply than knowing the truth. And this is a major, major issue. If you or I saw someone and you watch, maybe you're at a restaurant, just picture this in your head, you are at a restaurant sitting and waiting to eat. I know that's probably a long distant memory for anyone in California, but <laughs> right. you watch someone walk by a table of someone you do not know and you see them drop something into their drink. Would you just remain silent? Would you even say to them if they say, I think someone dropped something in my drink, would you assure them? No one did that. Am I ruining that drink for them by telling them the truth? No, someone drops something into their drink. There's something very, very dangerous there. Something really serious could happen. I would be evil if I did not jump to stop that from happening. And I think for us, we need to recognize that just in terms of a gospel message, recognize that we know that the world is poisoned and we have the antidote. We need to share it with other people. And I think with, with Sarah here, talking about ruining hell for them, it's about the truth, okay? I'm not ruining flying for people when I tell my son, I'm sorry, if you jump off that building, you will splat and you won't fly. I'm simply telling them what will happen by their actions, what will be the end result. And that's what hell really is. It's the conclusion. It's the end result of a bunch of law breaking. And we, it, telling them the truth is not ruining hell for them. Telling them the truth is saying, I will do whatever it takes for you not to go there. And God actually has that same viewpoint. When it comes to hell, you have to remember that God did not even withhold his only son to keep us from there. So it's very, very serious. Let's go to the next clip. But if you are listening to me and you fear hell, 
please let me release you of it. And I promise you're not going to be a crueler person because you don't believe in hell. It feels good to be good. It feels good to be kind. You know, you're still going to make the same mistakes either way. Now, I want to ask you, Tony, what is good? (laughs) What is she Uh, talking about? You got to have the standard there for one. You got to have the standard. So how does she know what's good if there's no baseline for that? No, she doesn't. Or or, or Hitler could have been good when he was killing off Jews because it was good for their economy. Right. But you got to have an objective standard that doesn't move. Mm Mm-hmm. Like what are what are you talking about? All this is when I said a mixed mass mush, this is that's the definition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? There's no hell. It's not cruel. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm an adult and you'll be just fine without it. I remember there was a there was a sign that I believe that was put up in England by the atheists that said something, there's probably no God, so stop worrying, or something something to that nature. And you're like, there's probably no God? <laughs> like <laughs> Like, I, I could not imagine. There's probably no poison in your food, Tony. So go ahead and eat it. And, you know, she says you're going to make the same mistakes either way, too. Like, okay, so what is a mistake then in your worldview? What, like, what is she even talking about? N- nonsense. It, it, like you said, what is a mistake? What is good? There's got to be an ultimate good that of standard mm-hmm. that doesn't move. You have to refer back to that because otherwise your heart is lies to you all the time i will guarantee you that sarah silverman over the last five years probably believes things now that she did not believe five years ago and hopefully she changed those things because she found out those things were not true and so it's really interesting to hear these things and then i think about solomon i think about the book of ecclesiastes and i know i'm hearkening back to a message i just did on uh last week on wednesday but you think about this where the good here and the kind here, in the book of Ecclesiastes, he actually mentions the fool and the wise and the work and the good and the harm, right, of, of drugs and so forth. And all of it is vanity. If there's no God, all of it is vanity. If there's no God, it's a vapor. It's nothing. Whether you're wise and knows many books or you're the fool on the street, he basically is trying to say there is no, it does not matter if it's just under the sun and this is all we have. So what she's saying, uh, this fear and this, all this stuff, it's nonsense, guys. As Tony said, she has no standard to go back to for the good that she mentions. And ultimately, she must have the same viewpoint that I, I think a consistent viewpoint would be that of Solomon while under the sun before he gathers his conclusion at the end of Ecclesiastes that God will judge everything. Oh, yeah, that means there's a hell, by the way. And she's, he's going to judge all of these things. Now, let's get to the last clip. But I promise you that if there's hell, may God strike me dead right now. In Right now. Mm. Wow. See? No God. Now, I want you to really just grasp this. Because this is exactly what the scriptures speak about. That people will not understand his kindness, one, and they will mock, because that's what she's doing. Mockers will come. It's all the same. It's always ever been the same. But that's why I love my God, because he's long-suffering. I love that. 
He's long-suffering. He and his, his love endures forever. And the fact is, there is a time where he will cut it all off. There is a time where Jesus will return and Sarah Silverman and everyone else, not only will they go to a real hell, but also it says they'll bow down. Mm-hmm. Think every about knee that. will bow, every tongue confess. Jesus Christ. Yep. And so while she's mocking and, and ridiculing. I like that engine you just started, Tony. I don't know what that was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, while she's mocking it, it, God for not striking her down. Trust me, she doesn't want what she deserves. She doesn't really want that. Oh, that's our kind neighbors downstairs oh, running a machine. That's what that is. <laughs> All right. It happens. Hopefully you guys will forgive us. But, um, but guys, this is really, really important for us to understand because God is long-suffering. Think about what Paul was doing pre-conversion. And Paul tells us specifically that it's a trustworthy saying that Christ saved him, the chief of sinners, mm-hmm. right? Like, he, he, like it, it's beautiful to see that. So we do pray that Sarah would turn from ways, that somebody would correct her and say, hey, here's what the scriptures say. And, and I, I want to go to a couple scriptures. And here's one of the things. When I talk about hell, Okay, I will I will tell you right now, I throw all of my confidence at the feet of Jesus Amen. Yeah. when it comes to the afterlife. Whether for good or for bad, I throw it all my confidence at the feet of Jesus because he came as the exact representation of the Father's person, because he came as my example, because he is God and cannot speak anything that is not true. And the fact is, is that Jesus, without a doubt, rose from the dead before over over, over 500 people. Wow, look at that. Before over 500 people sat and ate with him for 40 days, guys. This isn't something mystery of I I had some golden tablets, I had these special goggles and I read them, uh, but actually they broke and so I had to read from an onyx inside of a hat. I you know, this isn't I talked to the de- demons on the hill. I thought it was demons, but it really it was the angel Jabril. It isn't, I can translate uh, Greek and Hebrew, but really you can't when you're brought up before the court of law, Charles Taze Russell. You know, it's not that. This is the Jesus who died publicly on the walkway into Jerusalem and then also rose again publicly before over 500 people. And he also predicted that he would do it to his very disciples who kept denying it, that he would have to do that, that said, I don't want this to happen. And then guess what? After raising from the dead, I say this, I have a faith that is justified. As Paul said, if he did not raise, we're all in our sin. We are yet miserable. Drink and, you know, drink and eat for tomorrow we die. He he put everything, all of the preaching, all of the teaching, everything back to the resurrection. So what does that tell me about hell? It tells me that the one who rose from the grave, the one who died and came back to life, knows everything about the afterlife. So when Jesus said in Matthew 25, 45 and 46 about those who would claim to know him, right, and not actually do anything about it, and he says this, then he will answer them, truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it, For one of these least of these, you did not do it for me either. Then he says this, these will go away into eternal punishment and the righteous into eternal life. Ionios, Ionios, if you believe in eternal life, you must believe in eternal punishment. Also, Revelation chapter 20, verse 10. I think a lot of people miss this, but I, 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 
I think it's profound when you really put these two texts together, and that's what we do when we read Scripture. Revelation chapter 20, verse 10 says, And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are also, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Well, that's just the beast. That's just the false prophet. That's just them. Big problem. And that's that's after the 1,000 years, right? (laughs) Then... 1 Timothy 3.6 says, says this about elders. When you are appointing elders, he says this, and not a new convert, someone who's new to belief, someone who just came, so that he will not become conceited, so arrogant because he's been lifted up into this position before he should be, elder so-and-so in the Mormon church as their little kids, but anyways, conceited, and fall into condemnation occurred by Who? The devil, the one we just read, that ultimately will be thrown into the lake of fire. This is really, really important for us to see and recognize. There's other texts we could go to, but the point is, yes, hell is real. And guess what? The most important thing is when we minimize minimize the sin, we minimize the Savior, and we recognize that Jesus Christ came to destroy the works of the devil and to free us from sin, death, bondage, and hell. Amen. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062. Or call us toll free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight Radio Show.